keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. We got a big show this week. We're going to roast Sting. It's the return of New Japan Corner. And Seth Rollins is a talking dog. How are you guys doing today? Mike, Robert, Scotty, Zach. You all right? We'll start with Robert. How are you uh, Where are you I'm, emotionally right now, Robert? I'm, I'm right now trying to reconcile the fact that Jackson Riker is a baby face and knowing the WWE, it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see mike what do you think you think jackson Riker's is going to make it as a baby face um for half of the country yes <laughs> <laughs> scott got a haircut looking good more i didn't i just i took a shower and i'm wearing a hat scott took a <laughs> yeah. and dan, dan. <laughs> scott scott didn't get great. a haircut scott accepted the haircut he's already had and that's why he has a hat <laughs> <laughs> you know this is a big show because scott took a shower so right. uh at least one of us today if you really if you haven't seen scott's haircut just imagine the type of guy who agrees with jack evans over lance storm in a twitter argument and there you go <laughs> well, folks, we got a lot to get to today a lot to get to uh before we get to it i want to thank thank all the patrons for checking out our roast to cm punk it's it's maybe the best roast we've ever done. Uh, Mike does a phenomenal uh, uh, reenactment of CM Punk's famous pipe bomb promo, but about CM Punk, you got to check it out. Uh, We've also got for us coming up, Rob Van Dam's going to be next week with the return of Chris Cubas, Uh, Cody Rhodes with Amy Miller, Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, Kurt Angle, Lita, and Booker T. For all our Patreon, we got got an awesome summer. I've actually got two more shows to announce uh, for our co-hosts, so this is going to be fun. Uh, we we're off this week, um, June twenty first. We got Hell in a Cell. June twenty eighth, we got Cast the Avengers. But with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Mike and Robert will be taking that one over. July fifth, the roast of Jim Cornette and his Dairy Queen call. July twelfth, we're off. July nineteenth, Money in the Bank. July twenty sixth, No Mercy two thousand five. Robert was on the creative team. August second, roast of Billy Corgan. August 9th, we're off. August sixteenth, this is an idea that I came up with wrestling's dumbest criminals we're going to go through the dumbest breaking of the laws that every wrestler and you know i'm sure that's going to include ken patera throwing you know a newspaper stand through mcdonald's it's going to be a lot of fun stuff uh then wondered we why we haven't talked about nick gage this is what we've been waiting for <laughs> august 23rd we got SummerSlam, and august 30th the roast of vince russo and what i'm thinking of to add to the roast of vince russo i don't know what you guys think but I've never seen the TNA reverse battle royal, and okay, uh, yeah. I think we got to watch it because uh, the rules that? are, are bought. What? I've never even heard of that. This is this is how it, I've, I read the rules today. Sixteen people start outside the ring. 
And then the first eight to get to the ring are in the Royal, in the Battle Royal. And then the last two, it's a regular match. Apparently one of the worst matches of all time. It's like musical chairs, bro. Um, I, I thought your plan was going to be we advertise the roast of Vince Russo and then we swerve and don't roast him at all. <laughs> yeah, we book a little bit better than him. And then SummerSlam, our big show, is August 22nd. Also, if you're missing our show this week, if you, if you really want to get some more of us, uh, join our $10 tier, something to sports entertainment with. Uh, this week, we're going to be... After this week's Monday Night Raw, I, I refused to do Raw this Monday. We are going to be reviewing this week's edition of SmackDown. But, you know, I, I said to Robert, we still have to go through some pain. So we're also going to be reviewing the Tony Khan TNA Summit, which happens tonight. So it'll be a SmackDown review and a Tony Khan Summit review. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on in the pod. And who knows, maybe it'll be bad enough that we'll also cover it on the show next week. I don't know what the over-under is going to be, but... Uh, oh, it's already going to be my high spot for next week. Hey, I can is, already feel is it, it. Is Omega fighting Moose Saturday? I'm not sure. I know the UFC... I know Nate Diaz is coming back on Saturday, but that's all I know. And there's an NXT pay-per-view. <laughs> there's a, a takeover. Yeah, uh-huh. on Sunday. I, I'm, I'm reviewing that for another podcast because... I don't talk about wrestling enough. Um, but folks, we got to get to the podcast for this week. Let's start out with Bright Side of the Ring. And like always, pretty easy to do it for Sting. Um, I'm going to cut to Robert. Robert, what do you like about Sting? Uh, Sting, more often than not, was the guy who made the very best of the very worst. Uh, he was a guy who never got the proper booking that he deserved based on his talent. He was a great in-ring performer. He was a great promo. Uh, he was a great gimmick, but could also go in the ring. Uh, when you put Sting in there with a guy like Ric Flair, you knew you were going to get a great match, despite the fact that Sting was the only guy in WCW who really appealed to younger kids. That was their pull to, to bring in a, a younger audience. But unlike a Hogan or a Warrior in the WWE, Sting could go in the ring. And Sting cared about the business and cared about making it better. He was also great at reinventing himself in WCW, going from surfer Sting to crow Sting. And he made it appointment TV just to see him up in the rafters standing there doing nothing. Uh, unfortunately, that, like a lot of staying angles, it never panned out. Um, but he seems like a really genuinely good ambassador of the sport. Sting never really did anything embarrassing outside of the ring. He's always been positive about wrestling. He's always been a, a beacon of hope of you can go into this ridiculous business and still be a good person. Uh, which is is very rarely do we get to say that on the bright side of the ring that this guy had a long successful career and he's not a complete piece of shit. So I think that is, in my opinion, Sting's greatest legacy. Yeah, this is the we. I, I looked at my jokes and I mean these may be the least mean roast jokes that I've ever written. Um, don't get me wrong, there's going to be some mean ones, but the only the Scott, only bitterness. Like, oh, sorry, I was going to say the only bitterness I have when it comes to Sting is. Well, WWE didn't own the rights to one of his songs, so we used to have to always replace it with Man Called Sting. And the process of having to add his theme music in, you have to play it about seven or eight times to get the music uh, properly done. And our audio guy composed an entire song to Man Called Sting called Man Called Douche. 
And when I told him we were doing Sting, he too, this is 15 years ago. He still remembers every lyric of he's a man called Sting and he really, really sucks. If I ever see him, I'm going to kick him in the nuts. So that is really the only negative I have about Sting is having a dub over his music because WCW didn't do any music cue sheets. Now, how like, great when I, WWE that it brainwashes its employees to hate the talent for something they had nothing to do with when it was really a corporate problem. That seems like such a Vince mindset. <laughs> Mike, every time Robert talks, I think it's one of the girls from next to him. <laughs> um, Scott, what did, you, what did you like better? Um, did you like uh, crow sting or, or surf party beach blasting? Well, I, I, I'm for the most part unfamiliar with both. You know, I watch WWF, uh, but I will say this. Sting is the one person that even during WCW, like, so the cruiserweight division and, and, and my love for WCW's cruiserweight division comes from DVDs, if I'm being honest, you know, but Sting was someone when I was not watching WCW, I still knew Sting existed. I thought he looked cool. I thought it was a badass thing. I wanted him in WWF. I did know that about Sting. I didn't like Goldberg because there was, I, you know, I like Steve Austin, right? And that's how that worked right. then. Um, but I Sting was, like, was somebody- I was a way worse excuse there. <laughs> Sting is somebody that even WWE couldn't shit on in, in all of their, like, uh, their rewriting of history. And so they either don't touch him at all or give him the proper credit he deserves, which I always thought was really impressive. Uh, it shows how good he is. Mike, do you think Sting, when you think Sting and WCW, do you think he's more of, of WCW's Bret Hart or WCW's Undertaker? Um, in every way, and I will have several jokes about this, he is WCW's ultimate warrior. Um, they came up together. They both had <laughs> failed top pushes in the 90s. Um, they were that next guy, but never truly the next guy. Um, so I feel like, yeah, they were both like that number two that didn't have the intangible of like a savage, but positively about Sting because that was his bright side. Um, I think, yeah, it's like there's a certain type of fan, like, there's certain things that, like, I'm just not a fan of, like, I'm not a fan of anime, uh, you know, or you know, like, yeah, Sting. And it's like, but when you talk to people, their love for it is so like pure and infectious and it's like and especially like it's a i think you know sting is a regional thing in many ways if you know like our buddy evan williams grew up in north carolina he is a massive sting mark um a lot of like wrestling podcasts i listen to the southern guys fucking love sting because he was their hero um and then he did get cool with the crow thing um i thought that the booking of that was amazing. Like, you know, right side of the ring, I'm not going to plot anyone more than a dude who got over a million dollars for 16 months of not wrestling a match or saying a word. Like, God bless you. <laughs> and and he didn't even have to hang out backstage with all those dickheads. He was like, how about it's me up there? The <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, like he saw, he saw like, Kevin Sullivan and Benoit fighting at a buffet. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go up to the rafters again. <laughs> and uh, Zach, I think, Zach, were you a Sting guy? Uh, I was a big fan of Joker Sting. <laughs> we'll, we'll up, get Zach. And we're going to mute Zach for the rest of the show. 
Um, oh, no, we're not. We're gonna yeah. just me and Zach are gonna co-host this thing. No. <laughs> to, no. to be fair, it wasn't until today that Zach realized Sting had a career before TNA. So this is a big day for him. <laughs> That's exactly but right. I wanted I wanted to give just a quick personal story. Um, I was there for the interview of of Sting for the Randy Savage doc, and he did something amazing that I've never seen a wrestler do, which was. If we asked him a question and he didn't know the answer, he said he didn't know the answer. Um, <laughs> like he felt like the most one, one of the most normal people I've ever met in wrestling. And I met him at Starcast too. And I say I met him twice because he doesn't remember me, but he was just so like friendly. And he also it's that important thing of like he knows what he should be for people. Like when he goes to Starcast. You know, you could take the picture of him with the face paint. Like, he gets that. He, you know, I, I moderated a Q&A with him, and he had funny stories. He just seems like a regular dude. And and the nicest thing I'm going to say about him, the born-again Christian who I believe the most in wrestling about their born-again Christianity. You, you don't believe – you didn't believe Jake? <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's the question. Wait, but um, how is he like Ultimate Warrior? Because here's another thing. When I do look back at Sting and I do watch Surfer Sting, he's really good at wrestling. And, and uh, That's his best in ring. And the matches sure. are awesome. Like the matches are genuinely great, especially if you put your mind back then. It's it, He was really good. Well, I say Especially he's for like a guy that. who didn't watch wrestling. He didn't watch wrestling growing up. The only wrestler he knew about before becoming a wrestler was Hulk Hogan. It's nuts. Well, he saw WWE. Yeah, he, I remember I just read his Wikipedia page and I guess he like, which is also like a really cool thing for him to say. He goes, yeah, I saw a WWF show and that got me into wrestling, which is nobody from WWF would say that about WCW under Vince's watch. Yeah. And he, um, he, I'm just he, gonna, he, sorry. I was going to say when we were asking him about Savage, that was one of the things he said. He was just like, that was just a guy I liked watching on TV. You know, like that seems like a great wrestler. I'm going to study that guy. <laughs> he does seem too yeah, nice very, for the business with that kind of mentality. <laughs> very, it's also very picturing humble. him and picturing him and warrior as roommates and just seeing where they went with it. You know, it's, it's, it's like, they were like, Hey, let's read the Bible. But then he was like, Hey, warrior, you read the first half. I'll read the second <laughs> half and we'll um, compare notes. And then they never compared notes. Well, Scott just uh, got one of my roast jokes out of the way. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, it's, it's not that original. And, and you know, uh, like he does seem like a regular guy in that whole that whole Jeff Hardy incident when he when everyone's like, "This is bullshit," and he's like, "I agree." Like that's just a human oh, being right there. Like, I forgot all <laughs> about the Sting thing. He about the Jeff Hardy thing. He was so pissed that poor guy. But it was like you, you know, like yeah. But it's it's funny you mentioned that, Mike, because I remember that, of course, and it's it's so analogous with who Jeff Hardy is. But I don't associate it with Sting at all. Like I totally forgot that he was in the match. Like he came out smelling like roses. Yeah, and I think we just go to, to him where it was like because I think other wrestlers would have tried to get a match out of that, and Sting was like, "All right, let me just pin him." Let's end this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm just going to go through uh, the stuff that you guys uh, didn't go through as far as my bright side. Uh, I think he looks awesome. He He's ending his career on his terms, which which I think is uh, pretty phenomenal, especially after that WrestleMania 31 match. 
Uh, great organic baby face, really made heels like Flair and Foley pop. Seem like a good person. At least mean jokes I've written. Love his matches with Cactus Jack, Muda, Flair, Vader, the Steiners. He represented the good parts of WCW. Uh, loved all his returns. Um, just uh, just some real, fa- just some like career accolades. He was the NWA heavyweight champion, the TV champion, six-time WCW World Heavyweight Champions, two-time United States champion, three-time tag team champion, TNA heavyweight champion, TNA tag champion, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame, TNA Hall of Fame, uh, most charismatic wrestler in the Observer for a couple of years, and he was number one in the PWI 500. He's done a lot of work with children's charities and we don't feel weird about it, which is not something we can say about every wrestler. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I wanted to pull this quote and it's from AJ Styles. As I show, he was talking about sting in a shoot interview and uh, you know, he's talking about sting in the locker room and he said, well, you don't want to meet your heroes. Well, every time I met this hero of mine, he was exactly what I wanted to meet, which, you know, as long as they weren't talking about social issues, it was probably great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it really is, you know, he does seem like a genuinely good person and, and a great wrestler and a, and a real deal legend. You don't get in three Hall of Fames without, uh, without being a legend. So what's, uh, what's, uh, like his idols, Jesus, let's put this motherfucker on a cross. <laughs> Who goes first? Oh boy. Uh, Robert. All right. <clears throat> the roast of Sting. Sting has the energy of a youth pastor who really wants to relate to the kids. Sure, moonsaults are cool, but you know what's cooler? Jesus. <laughs> Sting and Darby Allen have such an obvious father and son relationship that I wouldn't be surprised if Sting makes Darby wash his hands before every match. <laughs> Sting was the member of the Blade Runners who wore face paint, did steroids, cut weird promos, and only hates gay people in private. <laughs> Sting was inducted in the TNA Hall of Fame, which means his name is enshrined in an Orlando TGI Friday's restroom. <laughs> Sting's last match in the WWE was when he hurt his back against Seth Rollins. Ironic that Sting suffered the back injury when it was Rollins who was carrying the match. <laughs> Sting once owned a go ah fuck. That was uh, that, that was the bad Rollins joke. I, we all know Sting carried Rollins in that match. I apologize. Uh, Sting once owned a Gold's Gym and got his nickname Sting from the needles he'd shove in people's asses. <laughs> the UWF, JCP, WCW, and TNA. Sting has killed more companies than COVID. <laughs> Sting was the most popular wrestler in WCW, which is like being the most popular host of Wrestle Roasts. <laughs> Sting faced Vader in a White Castle of Fear match. White Castle of Fear was named after the time Vader ate a bunch of White Castle burgers and used the restroom. (laughs) Sting was the Pepsi to Hulk Hogan's Coca-Cola, as opposed to Hogan's Coke, which was kept in Jimmy Hart's megaphone. (laughs) John Cena claimed Sting was his hero growing up, which can be seen in the fact that Cena looked whiter than Crow Sting. (laughs) Joker Sting is the worst thing to ever happen to Heath Ledger. (laughs) Joker Sting is what would happen if Joel Schumacher was a wrestling booker. Joker Sting is still better than Jared Leto. (laughs) Surfer Sting, Crow Sting, Joker Sting. The only character that eludes him is Profitable Sting. (laughs) 
in the end, we never got to see Sting versus The Undertaker. But if he keeps having matches with guys like Brian Cage, a date with The Undertaker is definitely in his near future. <laughs> That's it for me. Uh, Robert Karpowitz, Zach, who we got next? Dan. Oh, that's me. Roast to Sting. Sting came up with little stingers after a night with Missy Hyatt. Hey, <laughs> you still got it. Sting takes shirt off. No one wants it. <laughs> when it comes to the crow, the only difference between Sting and Brandon Lee is Brandon was better at selling. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that, that's one to think on, folks. Um, <laughs> did you check out his match at Double or Nothing? Was that the Scorpion Death Drop or a commercial for Life Alert? <laughs> He's not fat anymore, but not skinny. He's like a sexy pear. When the, <laughs> when the police show up, it means the musician Sting is about to rock out. Opposed to the police showing up to Wrestler Sting, which means he's at the same TGI Fridays as Scott Hall. <laughs> in 2015, as a wrestler, Sting did the impossible, getting remarried to someone age appropriate. <laughs> Sting feuded with the Dangerous Alliance, which is what Chronic called AOL merging with Time Warner. <laughs> Sting turning into Joker Sting looks like what happens when you feed too much peanut butter to a golden retriever. <laughs> In WCW, he was a member of the Wolf Pack, which is what Brett called the booking committee. <laughs> he was the foundation for TNA, which is kind of like being the levy for New Orleans. <laughs> the only move more devastating than the Scorpion Deathlock is the go to sleep. That's whenever Sting cuts a promo. <laughs> and finally... Whenever you hear that crow squawk, it means Sting is in the building. Or, Mike Lawrence is coming to a city near you! Come for the joke, stay for no eye contact. That's it for me, folks. Scott. All right, great job, guys. Um, Sting spends his Sundays perched like a gargoyle on the roof of a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> he is conversion therapy gold dust. <laughs> Vince McMahon lost all interest in him when he found out his gimmick was inspired by the crow and not the crow from Dumbo. <laughs> that's just, that's just accurate, honestly. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Sting thinks Vince killed the business, but Vince definitely thinks Sting killed the crocodile hunter. <laughs> Surfer Sting, Crow Sting, Joker Sting. Mike. Here's why Joker Sting sucks. Because when he asks, do you want to know how I got these scars? The answer is Seth Rollins. <laughs> Blair passed the torch to Sting, thinking Sting would take over his gas bill. <laughs> if Hulk Hogan had the crow gimmick, he'd claim the Beatles wrote Blackbird about him. <laughs> Sting's gimmick is whatever he last rented from Blockbuster. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Lee's crow, Heath Ledger's Joker. Quick, someone hide Mike Myers' Austin Powers? <laughs> Dude, you thought Joker's thing was bad. If he showed up during the invasion angle in 2001, we would have had Donnie Darko Sting. 
Maybe Sean Penn's I Am Sam Sting. <laughs> Stifler from American Pie Sting. <laughs> or Rob Schneider's The Animal Sting. Sting happens when a bachelorette party orders a mime. <laughs> sting is now an AEW. Woo, AEW Sting is a lot like a jellyfish sting in that to stop the pain, I go pee. <laughs> <laughs> His promo style is unconfident Jim Carrey. <laughs> He's like, P-A-R-T-Y? Oh, I don't know. I just thought a party would be a good idea if it's okay with you. <laughs> he looks like the principal at a Halloween dance who doesn't believe the kids when they tell him a monster's on the loose. <laughs> it's crazy that of all the people who apply makeup in the world, Sting is the biggest drag. <laughs> right like there came a point in wcw where you could tell he was just sad but because of the pain it, it, it's just like sad clown vibes that's all i got it actually reminds me of a story uh sting goes to doctor says he's depressed life seems harsh and cruel says he feels alone in a threatening world where what lies ahead is vague and uncertain doctor says treatment is simple wcw nitro is in town go see it that should pick you up Sting burst out into tears, says, but doctor, I am WCW Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, Scotty Chaps, now up, Mr. Mike Lawrence. So many nicknames. The iconic one, the vigilante, Stinger, Darby's dad, Hunter's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Him and the Ultimate Warrior came up together as the Blade Runners, which is perfect for Sting because he talks like a robot that thinks he's a human. <laughs> Let's be honest, when they tagged, Robocop was the one with all the personality. <laughs> Him and the Warrior started out together. One just had two documentaries about his rise and fall and sudden death, and the other just wrestled with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So, really, there's no good outcomes in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Warrior went to New York while Sting went to Georgia in the South where he entertained thousands of children who already had children. <laughs> if you were a kid from the South in the early 90s, you probably loved Sting, but you also thought NASCAR was a sport and Jeff Foxworthy is a comedian. If you watch Sting at 605 while your dad chewed tobacco, you might be a redneck. <laughs> he sold a lot of action figures back then because they all had the special action feature of being on clearance in a month. <laughs> a grandma that loves you buys you WWF Hasbro action figures. A step-grandma who loves you even less than your stepdad gets you a Sting action figure. <laughs> He always got betrayed by Ric Flair. Did he really think uh, Flair earned learned anything about loyalty from the six marriages he was in? <laughs> Sting believes the same stuff uh, uh, Warrior did. He's just smart enough to text his friends instead of yelling it on camera. <laughs> Sting went with the full face paint, which just shows he's always been better at hiding who he is than Warrior. <laughs> he still wears crow makeup in 2021 Sting's career has gotten all the sequels and reboots I wish we could have gotten out of Brandon Lee instead <laughs> then he did a Heath Ledger impression of the Joker uh, after that and he's still here uh, Sting is not as method as I'd like him to be <laughs> Sting in the face paint looks like a guy who hated the movie Dead Presidents that's wearing the makeup from Dead Presidents <laughs> his promo style is dad who gets to see his kids once a month 
All right, who wants to go to Applebee's and talk shit on your mom? It's showtime. <laughs> uh, if Jesus' return is anything like Sting's return, count me out. Hey, why is Jesus hanging out with that sickly goth kid all the time? Uh, he stumbles out with a baseball bat like he's Clint Eastwood. I'm just waiting for the moment he screams at the Lucho bro- Lucha Brothers to get off his lawn. We are totally going to get Grand Torino Sting any day now. <laughs> That's it for me. Oh, Mike Lawrence, everybody. Mike Lawrence. That was the Roast of Sting. Now, a fine word from our sponsor. Take it away, Mike. Uh, today's show is sponsored by uh, Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Does your junk look like Albert's back? Well, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, which is more reliable and efficient than Matt Hardy version 1, or Broken Matt. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. It's time to get your own ball, hair, and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence. But don't worry, you still won't be confident enough to believe in yourself and stop watching wrestling. There's no <laughs> product that can do that. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with ROAST20. Uh, thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring our show. Yeah, please use the promo code so we can get paid, folks. Let's get to show and hell. <laughs> Joker Sting. We've we've touched upon him a little bit. I actually, you know, Robert mentioned this in his roast, but I, I wanted to ask Mike and Robert, what which Joker performance is worse? Sting as Joker or Jared Leto as Joker? Mike? Leto. Really? You know, here here's the thing, but before I say anything about Joker Sting, is that when I was um, moderating at Starcade, someone asked him about it. And we were all waiting for, like, the room got, like, quiet. like, And the person who asked it was even flipping of, like, what'd you think of Joker's thing? And he just goes, yeah, that was the most fun I ever had in the business. And then everybody was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like Joker's thing. <laughs> yeah i mean at that point too in tna it should all like every wrestler should have just been having fun because there's no way you know that a mortal was going to get over yeah i mean joker sting is proof of like how much better actors are at acting than wrestlers a lot of times because that <laughs> is like a pro wrestler's interpretation of that amazing performance in the dark night and it's still fun Dude, I got to be honest with you. When I saw him doing it, because we watched two videos that Mike sent us. Uh, one was him becoming Joker Sting for the first time. And every, it's really funny because everyone gets excited because they think he's turning into Crow Sting. Um, but instead, I mean, it doesn't even sound like he, he sounds like he's doing Dana Carvey's Tom Brokaw impression. Like it is the least Jokery thing, like maybe a little like Cesar Romero, but it is so far. It is like if he was trying to do Heath Ledger, man, I mean, it is nothing like Heath Ledger's performance. Well, this that. video, that that video is actually it's later. Um, it's victory. It's the promo of Victory Road 2012 with Bobby Roode, and Bobby Roode's the champion. He's already been Joker Sting. This is him like coming back to it. Oh and, my god! Uh, there's a moment where he looks in the camera and just goes, 
Bobby, follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> but he is he like, which I don't understand why he said that. He should have just said, follow the victory road. Like, why did he have to? Well, he go, yeah, because he goes, follow the yellow brick road. And then he goes, to victory road. But what he doesn't, this is the thing that I love about Joker's thing. He doesn't realize that his serious voice is goofier than his goofy voice. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, you know, it's 100%. It's 100%. Uh, Robert, what did you what did you think of Joker Sting? Now, now I can't unhear the Tom Brokaw thing. <laughs> Gerald Ford died, and I'm Sting. Like it's yeah, just no, so it's very weird. close, dude. Rewatch it's, it. It's, it's really not close. even that. It's it's really. I mean, Scott nailed it because I had the same note. It he sounds like he's Jim Carrey. It's like a very weird. Like he watched the mask, and he's like, "Oh, I could do that," and he can't. And yeah, it's like the mask cartoon. And it feels like he's, he's having fun, but he's having fun at a point where nobody in TNA was going to tell him otherwise. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that Tony Khan promo we talked about a couple weeks ago, where everyone's just so happy that Sting is there that like, all right, we're not going to ruin this. Let him just go in and have uh, his own wacky fun. And he was entertaining himself. And in TNA, for someone to be even remotely motivated and what they're doing is a victory. But his entire TNA run is just, it's depressing. Um, I, you, know, you don't want to see Sting there. I think part of the, the annoyance for the audience is we always wanted him in WWE, and we never really got that. The little sliver of time that he was there, it, it wasn't real. It was definitely a cheat. We never got the big matches we wanted with Sting, namely him and Cena, since Cena was such a Sting fan. We never saw him in Undertaker. Uh, and he wasted so much time in, in TNA. And this Joker sting was at times embarrassing. Uh, sometimes it, w- it was something where it's like anytime I ever heard about what was going on Joker sting, it was somebody being like, did you see what sting did? What the fuck is he doing? He has to stop. Yeah, it's like uh, Garth Brooks's Chris Gaines period. <laughs> but you know what's amazing about it, though, in both those instances is that you're just like, oh, the performer made like a dumb choice and not, oh God, what is he on now? Like with most wrestlers, like you're just like, oh, he just steered in a weird direction. And, but I feel like- Well then Mike, I have a question. What's the difference between, by the way, I really want to see Sting and Cody Rhodes. I think that'd be a fantastic match, but- um, It would would be cool to look at. It would not be a fantastic match. I mean, I don't know who the heel is. I don't know Mike, what the deal is because they're both American. Who's more? What, what is? What do you think is more embarrassing? Like, like uh, the Sting Joker thing or Cody's stuff? Oh, Cody's stuff by far, because Sting is just like having a good time. Cody, he's thinks just he's bombing. Like, he's just like bombing with a bit. Yeah, but but Cody thinks he's making a difference. Like it's weird. It's like the self indulgence is different, and I also think that like you know with Sting. Like you look at TNA, right? And half the half the like older guys there, the main event mafia or whatever, like half of them are just doing the same shit they did all these years. And then some of them, like, you know, Sting and Bully Ray switched it up and did different characters. And I I respect them for it. Like, and here's the thing: there are lots of promos and segments and wrestlings I can't even get through. I am smiling and laughing and enjoying myself during every joker sting like the fact that we had two clips this week the other one was the one where the bird lands on eric bischoff's desk oh, and um, by the way if wrestling history serves us uh, correctly that bird met an awful end yeah that bird was eaten by jake the snake but <laughs> but the, no but what i'm saying is, is it's like 
and that was just because I was like, I literally was like, all right, what about this clip? And then I'd watch another one be like, what about this clip? Then there was another one that I watched and I was like, I can't send these guys a third clip, but it was like him in the main event mafia. And you can see like, like Robert was saying, like the enthusiasm he had versus like the going through the motions that most of those guys had. And it's, you know, admirable, I think. It feels akin to what Bray Wyatt was doing with the Firefly Funhouse segments, because those segments, when you go back and watch them, I know, you know, Scott hates them or whatever, um, but you could tell that Bray was having the time of his life. Doing oh, I like those the wacky... Firefly Funhouse. I like Firefly Funhouse. So he the, he does like were... Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, I don't like, like The Fiend. I love okay, Firefly Okay, so you don't like The Fiend, but yeah. the, those segments, like if someone goes back in 10 years and watches those now, they're going to be like, this was Bray Wyatt having a tremendous amount of fun, even if it was weird. Sting was definitely enjoying himself when I don't think Sting liked wrestling for a very, very long time. Uh, when we watched the, that match with him and Vampiro and that feud where he like fell off the top of the track, oh he didn't he seem like he was phoning it in for a lot of that and was just kind of, I'm here, I'm collecting a paycheck. Maybe I'm just not going to take my shirt off. Well, I, I think if you look at it through the way you guys are looking at it, which is Sting was having fun, then hell yeah, Joker Sting rules. Be any kind of Sting you want, you know? Um, but when, when you realize he was Crow Sting at one time, and that was a, a, a movie, you go, oh, he's trying to to ride another wave of a thing, and it's failing. It, it, like That's how I always saw it. I mean, the way you guys are describing it, yeah, he is having fun. But when you look at it through, oh, my God, is he trying to recreate some type of some type of cool fandom because he did a movie character before? And when I saw it like that, it was extra embarrassing to me and like douche chill central. As opposed to now when he's doing Big Daddy's thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big. I did like that match, though. That double or nothing match was good. Jesus. Yeah. It was. But, the you know, but it, it I mean, was, he hasn't that was had a good a, match. That was a good match. match boys. And, and I, and I think I think uh, very we well. I'll say out. we're waiting for Borat Sting. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Borat Sting. Um, hey, I have a question for Mike. My bad. If if, <laughs> if Sting is Joker, who is Batman? Is it Dixie Carter because she's loaded? Who would you cast as TNA's Batman? Um, time because it always defeats Sting. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, not gonna get better than that, folks. It's I, time. I was gonna say about uh, yeah, his run now, you know, which we haven't talked about a lot. It's like it is interesting because I'm gonna say it. Maybe this is my garbage hot take of the week. Copyright Scott. Um, <laughs> Joker Sting. <laughs> I like Joker Sting better than AEW Sting. Because it's more. Oh, come on, man. No, I'm, I'm, gonna, mean, I'm, I'm sticking to it because dude, Mike likes least... getting wedgies, dude. That's all this is. Mike... Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> so let me let me finish my terrible thought. <laughs> At least you knew what that was. And it was like in one direction. But this thing where like he keeps waiting to talk to Tony, but can't. And sometimes he's just Steve. Is just sadder to me than a guy who's fully committing to a character like Joker Sting was. Yeah, his character currently is Lindsey Buckingham in the What's Up With That SNL sketches. He's <laughs> just sitting there waiting to talk, and it's never going to happen. Okay, look, the debut of Sting was super badass, and then, like, every week up until Double or Nothing, it didn't work. I will say that, right? But uh, just because we haven't touched on it, I think we do need to mention for a second the, the Triple H match. Triple H beating Sting at WrestleMania 
is one of the worst creative decisions the company has ever made. And they oh, made I don't know about that, man. Dude, it is Come such on. an embarrassing fucking fail. It, it, it was what, incredibly what a, what a stupid. gross thing. Yeah. It was stupid more than anything else because they brought out the NWO to support yeah. Sting when the bulk of his run was he's the guy opposed to the NWO. So even within the confines of if you're trying to pay attention as a fan, it didn't make sense. It was mainly just Vince giving a middle finger to WCW. The Michael Cole line about how Sting was a big fish in a small pond. This was sour grapes 10, 12 years after you bought the fucking the company. Worst. You it own it. Just let it go. Yeah, but I like Triple H better than Sting. So I was happy with Triple H winning. Hey, no, dude, he's a, he's a bully, bro. Well, I think that like you guys are kind of like alluding to in that match that I think that the booking of the whole match doesn't get shat on enough because of just the ending, but the whole like gang wars of like, you know, it's like West side story and they all saw West side story in the theater. Cause they're that fucking old and they're all just having this sad ass war of like DX and yeah. NWO. And it was just so overbooked. Like, I think if it was like just triple H and sting and sting one, it would, I mean, and in Triple H one, it would bother me less than the way that it was done, where it was just, it's like, if you're going to overbook something that much, just don't have the guy wrestle because you obviously don't believe in him. Yeah, have a segment. You know, but the match itself was okay, I thought. It was all right. Except all that shit. And that, that shit feels like a lot of the match, but I could be wrong on how late it happens. Also, why did he come out with gongs? Why did he have like... Like that was never a part of the Sting character, right? Like, well, just... I mean, he was in Japan for a little bit. You know, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> what? Man. No I, way. I don't know why that I'm is not <laughs> an apologist on this. I, I don't feel that strong way about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, the gongs was it, it was a little weird. It... Well, and wait, do you do you think he 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 has gotten Darby more cheers? I know Darby was getting cheers anyway, but do you think he's helped them? I mean. Dude, you pan to the crowd, and there's I'm never buying a Sting shirt, but there's Sting shirts, a lot of Sting shirts. I think it's probably helped him, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's so he's doing his job. I think AEW, AEW. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, Scott. I've, I've realized this with wrestling, especially like AEW, is that I don't think that there's going to be this moment where they suddenly get more ratings but they also have to keep trying to do everything they can to keep the ones they have. Yeah. So maybe NXT, like, NXT, <laughs> you know, maybe like AEW goes to, you know, 700,000 and under without sting. I don't know, but it's like, he was never going to yeah, be the still, guy. I don't think there is the guy no, that could dude. get them out of that. These Friday ratings are, are uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think seeing sting in AEW is a draw anymore. You've seen, you've now seen, Tony call him, say the name. You've seen him cut a promo. You've seen him now wrestle twice. You've seen everything there is to see with Sting. Everything going forward is diminished returns. Well, we haven't yeah. seen him put somebody over yet, which is going to help. I, I think he's definitely more of a pop than an actual prophet. Guys, we did 20 minutes of Sting jokes today. We're all about diminished returns. <laughs> uh, I heard like your two high friends and jokes, and I was like, I'm still going to do mine. Diminished returns. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get to high spots, low spots. Mike, what was your high spot this week in the world, the wacky world of wrestling? Um, I'm going to say that it was um, 
the debut, not the way it was done, but I'm just glad he's in the company. Andrade appearing in AEW, I think, is a legitimate great get for them. I think he's a world-class talent. I, I don't want to see him teamed up with Vicky, but I like that he's in the company. I think he get some great matches. And um, you, I think I think one of you guys sent me this Rusev promo that he cut today. I, I sent it to you today. The Miro Yeah, promo. about like how evil Uno should fear God and then realize that Rusev, Rusev will be the devil or something. And it's like- Yeah, it was amazing. You know, so that makes me excited about Andrade of like, okay, so some of these WWE guys can be as good, if not better, which I think, uh, you know, Miro currently is doing and, you know, hopefully Andrade does too. So that would be my high spot. And uh, my low spot would be um, the Grizzly Smith <laughs> dark side of the oh, ring. Yeah, not I mean, not the the show, just the story. It, I mean, it was very well done. I mean, props yeah. to Evan, but holy shit. If, if yeah. you drink, that's one to drink through. Yeah, the full extent of that story is just, um, I, I needed to take a few cold showers after that. Um, Rock and Robin came off amazing. Uh, Jake came off Jake. Um, but the whole thing, and Jesus, that, that uh, the the brother he gave up to, for an adoption came off great. I thought, yeah, too. yeah, I love. You know, it's always amazing on on Dark Side when they have people that were never in wrestling, and like that's what really, in a lot of ways, makes those documentaries better than I think a lot of the WWE stuff that they reach out like that. Like when you see a Linda Pillman, and you like feel like you know who these people are just because they're just like regular human beings not tainted by the bullshit of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> that's totally true uh scott what was your high spot low spot this week oh well high spot is uh coming up in our dominion review oh yeah and my low spot is leo rush uh saying he's gonna retire whether it's true or not just the fact that he says after he heals up and finishes up his new japan uh contract fulfills his dates or whatever he's gonna retire uh whether that's just his depression talking or whatever, uh, that sucks. I think he's really talented, and I would have liked to see him in AEW and New Japan. Well, he's a he's also a rapper, so the retirement could be bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an evergreen low spot for you. We'll be talking about his retirement again in six months when he quits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like rappers and Conor McGregor. They keep retiring. Um, I'm, I'll go with mine, and then we'll we'll cut to Robert. Uh, my high spot this week. Uh, well, I'm honorable mention when I was going through shoot interviews for Sting. I think Tracy Smothers may have had one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in a shoot interview where he mentions a guy and he goes, yeah, you know, got hit by a train, decapitated. Good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. But my real answer uh, this week is Jeff Cobb. Uh, he wrestles the way I remember Taz wrestling when in actuality in ring He's way better than Taz. You know, he can't cut the promo Taz can, but bell to bell, he is a much better wrestler than Taz. Also, he's the one young guy in New Japan they've been able to elevate since Osprey. I, I think he, you know, I, I wasn't pleased with the, uh, even though I love Ibushi, I, I don't think Ibushi should have gone over. Um, but I, I do think uh, he works more um, as a main eventer than Shingo will, even though I love Shingo in the ring. Uh, and he gives me some hope for new Japan. He, I think he's, he's really stepped up. Um, and my low spot, one word, Lily. 
we'll cut to Robert, uh, who will follow that up. But if you uh, if you haven't seen Monday Night Raw, just Lily. That's all I can say. I can't even. I'm not even gonna go into it. Just just. I mean, watch that segment, Robert. Uh, my high spot of this of the week was uh, SmackDown which is consistently one of the best wrestling programs there is. But by the time that we record this, it's like six days old. We don't go back and talk about it. Dan and I will be covering this week's SmackDown on something to sports. The ending of SmackDown with Roman destroying the Mysterios was fucking awesome. The whole Roman arc throughout the show, the brilliance of SmackDown is it's the only show that understands it's a television show. And there's a beginning, a middle, and an end to that show. So when you watch a two-hour show, you get a complete story. So the start of the episode being about the tag title match and then Ray and Dominic retaining uh, because of a referee mistake and then Roman saying, no, no, you need to fix this tonight, puts a ticking clock on the show. So there's a sense of urgency to the point where as soon as they get that rematch granted, you as an audience member like, all right, there's a sense of relief. I feel better for Jimmy Uso. There were stakes here. Uh, there was a backstage Roman promo where he was talking to Jimmy and Jay Uso and he referred to Jay Uso as Jimmy. And he's like, he's like, I'm Jay. And he's like, like it matters. And it was so well done. It was such a great dick heel move to be like, you guys are irrelevant. If you're not the tag champions, you guys are more irrelevant if you're not with me. And then the end of the show, Roman costing them the tag titles and then choking out Dominic Mysterio to move to what looks like a Rey Mysterio Roman Reigns uh, feud while he's still building this Jimmy and Jay Uso thing is absolutely perfect. I mean, it is a masterclass in how to do pro wrestling. Fantastic my, low, my low point of the week yeah, was, great. Uh, was, uh, was uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, if you listen to the back to this week, something to sports entertainment with, you can hear Dan and I lose our minds at some point while recapping this show. It is one of the worst three hours of television that was ever written. And I say that because you think every, so? you think I, like I quantify that because every single segment failed to achieve whatever its objective was. There was not a single part of that where you watched it and thought, you know what, this is better for this segment happening. The best you can say about some of these segments was they were inoffensive. The main event of Raw, after watching three hours, almost three hours of programming, was Lily the Doll getting stomped on by Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, who's one of the only legitimate badasses in the women's division because of her UFC background. She has a unique look. She's incredibly talented in the ring. And they're putting her in essentially an Annabelle storyline where she's <laughs> running through an arena trying to escape from a Lily doll that ultimately winds up catching her and attacking her. Uh, it was that moment where it's like, why the hell am I watching this? Um, Somebody online made, made a really interesting point where they basically said, yes, the Attitude Era had a lot of stupid shit. It had the I choppy choppy your pee pee. It had Undertaker trying hey, to bomb Steve Austin. But it was like one stupid two minutes over the course of an, a, a can't miss two hours of programming. It's like you felt good about most of what you watched and maybe there was something dumb. I sat through almost three hours of them going through the motions of uninspired matches and creative that didn't make sense and dumb finishes. And then it <laughs> finishes with a lame horror movie where they're just throwing in your face of you're an idiot for watching this. And I, I, if it wasn't for the, for the Twitter account and if it wasn't for doing something to sports entertainment with, Raw would be relegated to my DVR and I would probably fast forward through it in about 10, 15 minutes. 
I will well, say, you I know, you go spooky stuff. You, I thought worked in the Attitude Era. Like the, um, I, I didn't mind the embalming, but I really loved the uh, the flames on the teddy bear. I thought that was great. Scott, I, I I just think when when you hear about it, you go, okay. Clearly, the reason they're doing this is because they want to make TV or movies, like something like that. But then you watch it and it's filmed like shit. It looks really bad. And you go, well, then they don't want to do that because this is ruining any any possibility of that happening. I mean, it it looked so ready. Anybody, anybody listening to this, stop listening and or, or continue listening. Just type in haunted hayride near me, okay? Or haunted house near me. <laughs> Dude, local haunted houses will do like commercials for their haunted house. And it, they look better than this. This is like filmed like absolute shit. It's crazy. They need to get out of the Thunderdome because this allows them to play into their worst impulses. If this was in front of a live audience, this would never be your main event. I used to hate when we would do spooky Undertaker segments because I always thought they they look stupid and it's insulting to your audience when you're watching it. Um, and those were better than this because this was your main event. And there is no, like the only payoff is the heroic return of Reginald. That is the only payoff to this storyline. Hey, look, that is a payoff in my mind. That's yeah, because what is the actual is. payoff? Bray Wyatt comes back and stops her, and none of it the, makes sense. The only payoff I can hope for, the only payoff I can hope for, and this is, I was trying to stretch my mind to figure out what it is, is that Shayna Baszler aligns with Alexa Bliss, and they just make Shayna Baszler a zombie killer. And that's it. You get rid of all the other spooky stuff. Alexa's in her mind, and you just have Shayna Baszler going out there and just murdering oh, people no, week dude, after they're week. Gonna, you know how Chucky does that thing over Daily do Dumbella. They're gonna do the doll and and Shayna. Shayna is gonna be the doll. That's what's happening. Oh no. Maybe do you think Papa Shango's behind this then? No, he's who's been getting all the women for Bobby Lashley. Actually, I take that back. Godfather would never let Lashley walk out with women who look hey, like that. That, that, that is the short hair Burnett girl is pretty hot. Hold on. You were oh, in I'm Tampa. Sure you were, Tampa you, is you the strip club capital of the world. Listen, listen to Robert. You want to see a hot chick? Go to a strip club. <laughs> I'm not saying that. No, no. I'm saying if you're going for for that look, look. Randy Savage found Gorgeous George there. Like there are, there's better options if you need something low rent. That's gonna you're gonna believe that they're gonna fuck Lashley because he's WWE champion. <laughs> but I think. I know I was just saying, uh, these are the exact same women that were with the Godfather in 99. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to Scott's New Japan Corner, the return of Scott's New Japan Corner, might I add, uh, we're going to get to our Twitter questions of the week. Mike, take it away. Yeah. So um, because of Raw uh, this week, um, you know, uh, I asked uh, our, our uh, fan base, this week's question, what's something you'd rather do than watch Monday Night Raw? We'll read our favorite answers on Friday's Roast of Sting. So I'm going to read some of these. Um, we got 40 responses. It's the most we've gotten. Or people than watch Raw. Uh, <laughs> we should, we need to come up with a name for our fans because it used to be the Marks. But I, 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 I wanted to do Forbidden Dorks. Forbidden Dorks is great. <laughs> yeah, Forbidden Dorks, that's it. I love it. Okay. All right. These are from our Forbidden Dorks. Yeah, right. Uh, at Dotes McGoat says, I'd rather watch Teddy Hart train his cats. <laughs> at Promographic Ken, listen to three hours of the stuttering Dave Meltzer does in between words and phrases. <laughs> also from uh, Promographic Ken, listen to Scott list off 
his favorite Kenny Omega matches in reverse alphabetical order. <laughs> At Bleeding Blue 20, listen to Zack Ryder explain to me the difference between the blue and black Greg the Hammer Valentine figure. <laughs> At R.E. Romine, uh, be a contestant in Brawl for All. At Jerry But Casual, land in <laughs> quotation marks, Teddy Hart money for gas. At Movie Guy, I guess. Watching shell collectors find pieces of Brutus Beefcake's nose and jaw at the booth. <laughs> uh, at Brian Caldwell, attend a city council meeting with Drake Wirtz. <laughs> at Big Red 10125, listen to my three month old cry for three hours. At CPU CLB, I'd rather wear Damien Demento's entrance gear to a Florida Walmart. I think that's actually the that, that's the appropriate outfit when in Rome. Yeah, uh, at six five five three two one King, I'd rather watch Hogan give a speech at an NAACP meeting, or alternatively, watch Warrior deliver his queering speech on a megaphone during a pride parade. <laughs> um, at Calix V two, I'd rather have Pat Patterson teach me about paying dues in the business. At Burtland nineteen, I'd rather be Terry Garvin's ring boy. <laughs> at Youngie 54, marathon a bunch of QT matches. All right, hey maybe not. Uh, at AJ Howler, watch Bubba the Love Sponge have the Hogan's over for dinner. Um, at Dark Knight 0426, take a chop from Walter. At Deshaun <laughs> Calvin, drugs. <laughs> at Belly Flop, watch the Grizzly Smith Dark Side of the Ring three times in a row. Uh, which I responded, if you do that, uh, Jake learns to be Aurelian again. Uh, <laughs> at Whiskey Day 1985, I'd rather take a mule kick from Goldberg. At Scott Ferry, <laughs> go down on a woman whose vagina smells like Vader's ring gear. <laughs> oh, geez. It's time. It's time. It's that time of the month. Um, oh. And at Casual Chinos, at the age of 38, I legitimately suffered from a stroke about two weeks ago. Zero five. 2521. I might prefer having my right arm convulse uncontrollably, drag my right leg, and worry about dying, or watch Naya and Tamina struggle to figure out scissoring. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is my favorite Twitter response that we've ever got. <laughs> oh, man. Great, greatest fans in the world. We got the greatest fans in the world. There's not even a, the not even a debate yes. about it. At no, WWE yeah. Creative Ish, I'd rather hear Scott talk about the New Japan Corner. <laughs> uh, let me just, let, let me just say uh that guy is my second favorite stroke victim besides bret hart <laughs> all right what's well, time to check in to the far east with scott's new japan corner scott take it away buddy yo 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 uh dominion was a few days ago me and dan watched it mike robert zach did you no, uh, no, but here's the great, list of things I'd rather do than watch New Japan Dominion. <laughs> All right, well, first off, you're ignorant, if that's your opinion, okay? You're ignorant. Yes, yeah, Fox yeah, News, yeah. Dan St. Germain, that was a great response there. <laughs> you didn't want, you're ignorant. You know what you're talking about. You're ignorant. Look, I like that Fox News St. Germain defends the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Fox News St. Germain is coming in 10 years when hopefully I have money. <laughs> Dan prays for Fox News St. Germain. Um, <clears throat> we're just doing yeah, the last man. two matches, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, like any other match of note, uh, r right before it, uh, Yo and El Desperado fought, uh, for the uh, 
the light heavyweight title. It was really good. Uh, El Desperado won. And then, yeah, so Jeff Cobb versus Abushi. I do want to note this. Okay, so this year's card, I, I understand it's COVID, but three years ago at Dominion, this was things that happened three years ago at New Japan's Dominion. Uh, the Young Bucks won the tag titles for like the hundredth time in a row. Chris Jericho won the Intercontinental title from Naito that night three years ago. Kenny Omega won the title from Okada for the first time on that show three years ago. And even Rey Mysterio was there. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember, Dan, you remember he teamed with uh, Tanahashi and, and, uh, and Liger. Which is and like were, a, you know, they were like doing something... this huge expansion and now, you know, they're trapped. Uh, but we, we got a good show. I mean, Cobb, Cobb was like, the, you know, the only uh, Gaijin there and he's unbelievable. I guess El Fantasmo. But what did you think of uh, Abushi versus Cobb? Well, I'll start off again to a love letter to Kevin Kelly. You know, he just nobody can touch this guy on comment. He just reminds me the closest is Jr. in the Attitude Era. He will be probably be my commentator of the year every year. Uh, plus, it's it's very hard for him to do it now because there's a lot of less exciting things happen in New Japan. Uh, well, he's more gotta, than that. He's not there. That's what I don't like about it. I, I actually I, sometimes if the match starts getting really good, I go to Japanese commentary. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, since I, they're I, not I in the it. room. You can just there when something really cool happens. The reaction is very much. We are watching a television across the world right now. It, I mean, I, that's that didn't bump me at all. Um, I. I I uh, I think that AEW should hire him. I mean, he's probably got to lose a little weight first, but um, I, I think that um, what uh, have you dude, seen the guys Dr. Luther? Oh, oh, you mean Jeff Cobb? I thought you meant Kevin Kelly. No, I meant Kevin <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you you're oh, I thought you were talking about Jeff Cobb. I was like, no, I mean, if Chris you're on Jericho. TV, you still have to be, you know, you have to be a little wider. But I, I, I mean, Did I think Jim he's, Ross. You're putting him next to Mark Henry or Big Show or Jim yeah. Ross. I think he'll be okay. All right. Well, you know, Tony Schiavone with the with the earrings. Come on, guys. I, Kevin really Kelly disagree. will do fine. Uh, I, way, I, I hope uh, I hope that Tony gets them. I hope that I mean, hope that if you want to have some cost cutting measures, get rid of Ross and hire Kevin Kelly. Um, I thought the match was really good. I wish it had gone longer um, than it went. It was too short for me. I thought Cobb should have won. Um, you know, my, my thing about the Cobb character in New Japan is I really think even though he was only in AEW for two weeks, I feel like they really got his character there as this like hired gun that goes from promotion to promotion. And him being in, you know, this uh, Empire United stable. Empire? Yeah. yeah, it just... For his character, I just don't love it. Um, the only time I really got bummed during the match is like when it would cut to Great Ocon ringside. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is still a thing. And uh, just a compliment on Abushi's body. I mean, it's like looking at Michelangelo's David. It is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could yeah, see I thought, the I face the Robert's was... making right now. <laughs> I thought that the was the was death of Fox News Dan St. Germain right there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the match was really smart, dude. There was moments in that springboard backflip from the from the top, like the center of the top rope by Ibushi was nuts. Uh, Cobb doing the F five thousand, they called it, where 
Ibushi just spun like five times in the air. <laughs> it was really cool. And then I liked the ending where Ibushi runs at him with the knee and Cobb kind of catches him in the air. And then Ibushi just puts more weight on him as Cobb catches him and he falls backwards and his knee just goes directly into his chest. And then he does the Kamagoya. It was just so realistic and cool. It's like if a guy catches you and you're actually fighting with him, you're going to force your weight down on him. You're not just going to let him continue to carry you. You're going to try to fight that motion. Absolutely. And uh, I, I thought that was badass. Well, let's uh, get to the I, granddaddy. Yeah, of okay. And then the Okada, Okada Shingo was the main event for the vacant uh, IWGP heavyweight title because Osprey is hurt. So, yeah, Shingo versus Okada. What did you think, Daniel? Um, I, you know, I, uh, I thought it was a great match. Um, this is a, this is going to sound like a burn on Okada, but it's, it's actually a, a, a huge compliment. Uh, Orton's hanging DDT is better than Okada's. And I think that's the first time I've ever said someone does a better version of a move than Okada. Like Okada does the best tombstone. Okada does, you know, the best clothesline that in wrestling. I mean, it, it's, everything looks crisp. Uh, the money clip into the tombstone back into the money clip was, was great. Um, the made in Japan on the floor was incredible looking. Ruled, yeah. Great match. I think it's going to be, I, I, you know, I could run away with match of the year. Who, who knows? Mm -hmm. um, Shingo has made the death Valley driver cool again, you know, because so many people have, have done that move. And it kind of reminds me of when Saturn used to do it in WCW, I was surprised that they put the title on Shingo. Like, look, I, I like Shingo a lot. I'm just going to say, let's see how this plays out. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I, 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 I'm get, I just don't know if he has that, that intangible WWE, not WWE world champion vibe that a lot, you know, Okada has that, even though I like Shingo as a wrestler more than Naito, Naito has a more ethereal feel than Shingo does as far as a champion. I, I I, I think the fear with Shingo, because I love Shingo and I think he's the shit, but you just go, oh, that's uh, that's a champion that lasts only a few months until you pass it to someone else. And you don't want that to happen because the title just debuted and has already been a past. I mean, this is the third title holder holder and the, the title just showed up this year. Yeah, as so, soon as that happened, I'm so like, you go, so, so you're thinking in your head, oh, Okada, because when the world opens up, you want the world to recognize your champion. And even though the world doesn't know Okada, you know, wrestling fans do to a level if they know anybody from New Japan. So you would think Okada, but I am happy with Shingo. Uh, I thought the match ruled. Like, the, dude, the little things that the reason I like New Japan and Mike doesn't, like how they acknowledge here, I wrote it down, how, um, wait, wait, hold on, Okada, learn, learn, oh, Oh, okay. So Okada never landed a rainmaker on Shingo the times they fought before, right? And then when Will Ospreay fought Shingo, Shingo, like Shingo losing started happening when Will Ospreay hit Shingo with a rainmaker. And, and, and so it was like if Will Ospreay can hit Shingo with a rainmaker and then do his finisher on him and pin him, when Okada hits the rainmaker, it's over. Okada's never done that before. And then Okada, you know, uh, doesn't win. And But but there's like th these tiny stories in the match of just moves and will they occur because they've never occurred and what will that do to that person? It makes like a move set actually makes sense. Like, oh, I do this move for this reason. I, do, I, I don't remember the last time someone's talked about a finisher, you know, because it is their best move. It just kind of happens. 
Yeah, but I have a question for you because, yeah. I, you know, I, when, when I dipped my toe into New Japan before, I watched Evil become the, the heavyweight oh God, champion and the yeah, business got like New Japan, like the interest kind of dried up. I mean, isn't there, aren't you yeah, taking absolutely. the same risk here with Shingo where everything's already tenuous? Like putting it on Okada would have made headlines everywhere where it's like, oh, it's Okada and now New Japan is must see versus it's Shingo where some people either barely know who he is or they don't know who he is at all at a time when New Japan is trying desperately to get eyeballs back on them. Yeah, that, that that's what makes me think they're going to pass it to an Ibushi uh, or something like that. But I will say Shingo talent wise is if someone said Shingo's the best in the world, I'd go, OK, man, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I the think- best match is, you know the best matches of the last two years are Shingo matches. Maybe, you know, those Shingo Osprey matches are nuts. This is what is concerning to me, Scott is, you know, we saw two matches that were, that were either, you know, I thought the Shingo uh, Bushi match was really good. And I thought this match was great. And I still walked away feeling depressed uh, because there, you know, the crowd was kind of empty. There seemed to be no excitement in the crowd, and uh, and and most importantly, at the very end, I was like, oh, OK, cool. He's going to cut this promo and then maybe something like, you know, like, you know, you know when Kenta came out and, and, and laid out Naito, that, like something like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to set we're going to set up, you know, Shingo's first feud and nobody came out. And then I realized it's because they have nobody. It's, you know, like there's nobody to challenge him right now. He beat I Okada. I guess you can have Obushi, but. You know, like they're really, I mean, if you want to talk about a promotion that's running on fumes right now, I mean, New Japan is top of the list. It's a bummer, man. It is a bummer. But, guys. And that was New Japan Corner. The finisher for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, we got one yeah, more. So like 10 minutes without a joke or a laugh. Oh, so come on, wrestling. Mike. You know, there, there's wrestling fans listening to this thing, you know? Yeah, but yeah, New Japan fans, seven of them. <laughs> you guys could still like make jokes during it. That was like that was like NPR. Dude, it's just no <laughs> laughing matter, dude. It's no laughing matter. It's no laugh. Yeah, we well, you have to treat him with respect. It's like it's a culture dude, based. COVID on honor. is still bad over there, Mike. What's your problem, guys? Guys, we're doing strong style podcasting. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> strong style. Dude, they all Okada just beat COVID, man. Grow up. That would have been a better match. I would have enjoyed seeing that. <laughs> Oh, also, to Mike's point, listening to that, you get a tote bag afterwards. So get your New Japan uh, well, corner. Uh, there's, there's a reason we're only doing New Japan corner like four times a year now. But. You know, the problem with Okada versus COVID is that if Kevin Kelly isn't in the room to cheer on COVID, it just doesn't work the same. It's like he's watching a TV cheering on COVID. <laughs> I'm sorry you guys don't appreciate it. No, I, I, I want to hear, hear Melser's comment. Yeah, I, I, I would rather seen Okada versus SARS. I mean, SARS has been around longer. It's a much more established uh, virus. This no, I think I think nice. a four-person hosted podcast where two of the hosts fade into the background and don't exist for ten minutes is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of great radio, let's talk about our show next week. We got the roast of Rob Van Dam for show in hell, and this is really going to be the opposite of the New Japan Dominion review. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the banned Twitch promo. Um, <laughs> we're, I don't know if you've seen it, but it is fucking wild uh you talk about a character that's changed i mean rob van dam this his last impact character was crazy as long as we're going to watch his stand up again because that was i'm still twitching from that unbelievable (laughs) we got high spots low spots we're also going to be reviewing nxt takeover 
and uh, decide whether or not it was, uh, you know, better than Dynamite because Dynamite's going to be on Friday. We're not going to go into detail with Dynamite, but maybe we'll, we'll bring up some of the some yeah. of the good, some of the high spots in it. Well, uh, and uh, perhaps perhaps the Tales from the Indies will be back, Scott. We haven't had that in a couple weeks. Yeah, perhaps. We if we can afford Braun Strowman, yes. <laughs> well, say, folks, like, we got we, we got one you more. You saw set. that tweet? I, he's yeah. He he's got. They have to. He has to hire somebody to to manage this. There was a report out that he was asking for five figures, and then his Twitter response to it wasn't as much a denial as a my my agent's uh, email address is in the bio. Reach out to me if you're interested. So it wasn't a no. Of course, I'm not going to be a dick and ask for five figures to show up at your local indie event. It was I'm definitely going to ask for it, but I'm kind of embarrassed that I tried. I mean, I think if last year proved anything, if you're a fan of Braun Strowman, you aren't a fan of indie wrestling. <laughs> do, you think any, do you think anyone's going to pay for that? A train convention? Yeah, he's going to be the Lionel Train spokesman <laughs> at Cornette's house. A train convention at Cornette's house? Huh? I thought we were going to get to this episode with that one cornet joke, but a know. train. <laughs> but it's time, folks, to uh, to touch upon some some entertaining news outside of the uh, the world of sports entertainment. Seth Rollins makes his big screen debut as a voice in the Netflix film Doggone Trouble. Um, my review of it is of his performance is. Jesus Christ, did a 90-year-old blackjack dealer piss off a wizard? Because uh, it is like, it just feels like it, it, it's very Seth Rollins. The, the, one ni- the one nice thing about this movie, it's just nice to see an actor for an animated movie that sent a dick pic to someone who's over 18 years old. So I want to I give whoever produced <laughs> The Dog on Trouble uh, their props for that. But my question for you guys was, what other animated characters should Seth Rollins play? Who wants to go first? Um, yeah, uh, Randy Savage's heart. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, Scott, I think he's very one? he's very much Rod. Like you, you don't have to change anything. He is Roger Klotz from Doug. If you've ever seen Doug, <laughs> <laughs> the exact voice, the exact attitude. Um, also Cartman, but only when he's crying or pretending to be a cop. <laughs> uh, Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. What are you saying? There's also no way that Rollins hasn't had sex with a woman named Patty Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he thinks every woman should look. Yeah. <laughs> he also uh he, he should do the voice of every bad guy who gets caught by Scooby Doo in the gang. <laughs> he needs to say meddling kids, man. It's his voice. Oh man, Robert. I, I just wanted. To, I I feel like the the most accurate character for him is Poochie. A, a character that thinks that he's hip and edgy, but he's just terrible and thankfully goes away very, very quickly and is never seen again. 
Uh, I want that for Seth Rollins. I don't even want that as a cartoon. I want next week oh, on SmackDown them to freeze the screen and he they just move the screen up and he goes back to his home world. And that is how the Seth Rollins character is written up. If you can have Lily, the fucking possessed doll, you can say Seth Rollins was an alien and he went back to his home world. And I also love the fact that this movie has Jason Mraz as a voice character. How fucking terrible must this movie be? <laughs> Well, because Seth Rollins is an amazing talent. I know this character isn't the best, but I mean, he's he's responsible for some of the best WWE matches in the last 10 years. I still love this is a sting episode and we're ending with Seth Rollins is a great wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) What about a character like uh, like the like the witch from Snow White fucks grumpy? That's Seth Rollins, right? He did this so that he could put this on for his kid when he's on the road cheating on Becky. Come on. Come on. Come on. We don't know that. No, Becky would be on the road cheating on Seth. This is going to be for the nanny who hopefully isn't a Nazi. I want I want uh, Seth Rollins to do the voice of Scott Chaplin during New Japan Corner. <laughs> I just think Shingo can be a real star. <laughs> All right, I had one. An- <laughs> I had a, I had one answer for this, and uh, I think he should voice Sonny's pussy. No, Dolph, it's It's been eight hours. Stop it! Oh, oh, come on, stop! Stop fucking me! <laughs> I love that your your son Rollins is just Louis Anderson in basket. <laughs> it's very close. It's not that far off, guys. This has been a, a fun episode of uh, the roast to sing. We're, we apologize for New Japan Corner, uh, even though I enjoyed it and really Scott did. enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know what? We enjoyed yeah, wrestling. Yeah, Mike, you should have roasted it during it. I thought that. I thought you could have did that, right? I couldn't get a word. Straight it. man, and you played the you know whatever you are. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't i didn't want to interrupt you guys it was like two czechoslovakians playing chess this is mike <laughs> this is mike seth rollins played a dog and woof <laughs> <laughs> mike what do you got uh, what, what do you got to promote for us for yourself and for uh us? yeah uh mike lawrence comedy on instagram and um sometimes i'm on the russell roast twitter every week we will ask a question um and we love your answers, and we'll read them on the show. So thanks uh, for contributing, guys. Scotty Tuhati. Scott underscore Chaplin on Instagram and Twitter. Mr. Robert Carpolis. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Join the Wrestle Roast Facebook page. Uh, Mike and I tend to jump on there a couple times a week. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then here's a plug that they don't need our help, but I'm going to plug it anyway. Loki on Disney Plus is written by Michael Waldron, who happens to be a huge wrestling fan. Uh, we are and a community. And my buddy that... Jess Dweck. Oh, there, well, there we go. Even more. I'm saying we, we want, you want to support other wrestling fans and their endeavors because, you know, the poor people at Marvel and Disney really need our help. You know, you know how angry people are going to get when – they put it on and it's not low key from ring of honor <laughs> dude low key would be a fucking great voice in a cartoon he's a great voice we, we used to tell him this all the time like you would be a great you know voiceover actor which i can still be a wrestler that is what i'm supposed to do he, he's oh, a no. very nice man he's fucking terrifying i i love loki um uh, but uh yikes yeah i'm gonna uh, say guys uh follow us on twitter Join our follow us on Instagram, join our Facebook group. Please leave a review, leave five stars. We want to keep getting these five star reviews and help us out. 
We got a, we got a Patreon for $5 where you get an extra roast every month and two extra episodes. And if you're a $10 member, you get uh, four more episodes on top of that. So if you're spending, you know, um, uh, $10 a month, you know, that's 11 episodes total of wrestle roasts that you get a month, five roasts. So it's going to, it's, 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 I think the best deal in, in patron, patron 11. Yes. 11 shows. You only have one with the new Japan corner. So it's not that bad. Oh, come on. (laughs) God damn it. Um, Wait, did we do a page? We did a new, new Japan Patreon once. Yeah, we, we did. did. We do did a new Japan. Yes, oh, I got to see Dick to go. It was fantastic. Oh, that was, yeah, it was that one that was the one in the baseball field that was like kind uh, of a nightmare. I, yeah, I will say that for us. listening to Scott and Dan passionately talk about something they love is more exciting than the idea of <laughs> watching Raw. So <laughs> I get, I get, I feel like I'm in church when I talk about New Japan. You know, I just kind of like to whisper not. and be right. respectful. It was well, your Joker it, thing. It was very it's quiet. clear that you loved it, and everybody <laughs> else was just very polite. <laughs> it's how I feel about action figures, and you know, if if I could sucker one of the three hosts into also doing it to make the other two feel alienated, <laughs> I would. Dude, if you, if, Speaking you know, of maybe, Patreon, Mike maybe, and Robert recast the Avengers. Maybe we should have. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> Maybe we should have a twenty dollar tier, which is just Mike playing with his action figures and like reenacting a pay per view. Um, I also want to say I'm going to be. We get at, Zach Ryder's money. <laughs> I want to be at Poughkeepsie's Laugh It Up Comedy Club. Uh, a ho- it's going to be at a Holiday Inn. It's probably going to be the last time I do stand up for a while. So if you're in the New York area, come check it out. It should be. It should be a fun fun time and we got dan, some new videos. dan is just uh doing other things he's not killing himself i just want to <laughs> yeah, exactly. you will find my body at the holiday inn in poughkeepsie <laughs> if you would like to see me walk into an ocean with stones in my pocket <laughs> crackers in indianapolis <laughs> i was inspired by sting up in the rafters that's where you'll find me for a few moments um also uh uh, we have a uh, YouTube channel, so check it out. We're going to have some uh, even more videos coming soon up there. Uh, so be on the lookout for our Wrestle Roast YouTube page. Join it. Uh, Zach, any last words? Wash your hands. Wash your God. Unless you're vaccinated, hands. then, you know, go wild, boys. Come on. Oh, just fucking start licking street signs. <laughs> Doing weird shit. All right, folks. See you next week. <laughs>